Welcome to the Highlands Podcast, episode five. And this has been an exciting project for us here at the Highlands as we've been looking at different topics and having different guests. I'm excited to have our very own Pastor Jim Bryant with us today. And he's our uh, care pastor who uh, oversees large ministries and he oversees our uh, marriage ministries. Uh, and he is the perfect guest for today because our topic today is marriage and family. So Pastor Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hey, I'm really glad to be here today yeah. and be talking about this topic that uh, I'm passionate about. Yeah. And uh, it's a, a privilege to be able to work in the area of pastoral care, right. but then specifically for our conversation of marriage and family. That's right. Uh, so I just I'm just delighted to be with you today and to be talking about these topics. So um, I have been married for 37 That's years wow. to Audrey, my wife, and we uh, have two girls. Okay, and they're young adult girls, yeah. and now we have a beautiful little granddaughter. That's incredible, Penelope. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. We've been here uh, with this ministry, the Highlands, mm -hmm. um, for many, many years, but on staff for about 10, Okay, doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and Jim, you just have been a great example to me, to others who have watched you stay married, faithful, consistent, but also to raise kids. You know, I, I have two teen daughters and you know, I look to you because you, we had your youngest daughter with us a couple episodes ago, Mandy, our group's pastor. And it was such an awesome conversation with her and your oldest graduate with her master's. She's teaching at a school, like, I mean, grandkids, like you just have done so well. And I'm excited about uh, diving into this with, with you today because you shared some top tips for marriage and family. You actually gave us six. We have a bonus tip that we're going to talk about. So let's jump into that. And then uh, I believe that our, our couples, our families are going to be strengthened by our conversation today. So your first tip that you have for, uh, for marriage in particular, and really it's for parenting as well, uh, but it's to put God first. Now that's very uh, like top line, but what do you mean by that in our marriages and our family? Yeah, well, you know, um, it's you know, it's easy for us to say put God first. Sure. We're you know, we're believers, and that seems the logical place to go. But I think for me too, it's when you get things right on in the foundation and at the very beginning that I think it just makes everything else work so much better. Yeah. And by that, I mean, um, you know, Jesus was having a conversation in Matthew chapter six with his followers, okay. and they were talking about, you know, everyday needs like um, food and clothing and shelter mm -hmm. and all these just basic necessities of life. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that conversation, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom yeah, of God and his good. righteousness. Then all these other things will be added to you. Right. And so my thoughts in regards to marriage are, you know, I, I think a basic necessity, mm -hmm. God created us with a need for relationship. Yeah. And so I see that as one of those basic necessities yeah. that he was talking about. And in the midst of, of relationship and as challenging as that can potentially be sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, we need to be putting God first. That's right. And when we put God first, it seems like everything just falls yeah. into place. It begins to work better. I know um, when I'm seeking the Lord and when I'm putting Him first and I'm meeting with Him regularly, okay. I know I'm, I'm a better husband. Right. I'm a better father. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a better employee. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so by putting him first, it just helps to begin to align everything else so much better. Do you think this is easy or hard for couples, particularly married couples, to do in their relationship? Um, you know, I think it can be challenging okay. for sure, um, because a lot of times we don't necessarily relate our relationship with God right. to our relationship with others. Uh-huh. But I think if you look at Scripture and specifically at Christ, I think there is a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think he pointed that out right. because at one place when he was asked what's the most important mm-hmm. commandment, he said, seek God first right. and uh, love others mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. And so it, it was almost like, uh, I think to Jesus, those two things were inseparable almost, mm-hmm. that our love for God, our relationship with God is synonymous with our relationship with others. Yeah. And they just kind of work together. That's good. Well, what would you say practically that looks like for a married couple to put God first? Um, I think, you know, the there's a big part of putting God first in your life. There's, there's a humbling yourself okay. that you uh, are humbling yourself to God's direction and Him speaking into your life. Okay. And that just this idea of obedience okay. to the Lord. And I think when you integrate that into your everyday life, um, it, 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 it also touches your relationships in a way okay. where there's a humility yeah. that is a part of your relationship. That's good. I don't always have to be right. right. Um, I don't always have to have things my way. Yeah. Um, because I'm humbled before the Lord and there's a, that humility that comes into my life as a part of that. I love that, yeah. So I think that's a really a practical way yeah. that there's almost this uh, servant-like attitude that you bring to your relationship with Christ, but also to other relationships. That's good. Specifically in this case, your your marriage and, that's and good. your family. You know, submission comes up a lot in marriage conversations. and And often we think of, Husband submitting to the wife, wife submitting to the husband, whatever. But it seems like if the husband's submitting to Christ and the wife is submitting to Christ separately, then collectively submission not only is easier, but it actually builds this foundation for them to build on so that they are married three, four decades later. Yeah, you know, and that it, that does become somewhat of a hot topic where we start talking about submission sure. or um, honoring yeah. our, our, our spouse. And I heard one woman say that I have no problem submitting myself to my husband because I know he's submitting mm, to Christ. That's good. It's, it almost goes back to what Paul said, follow me as right. I follow Christ. Right. And so if, you know, if I, I know my husband in this case is submitted to Christ and following him, then the wife has no problem right. in submitting yeah, to that. Good. That's good. Um, Because in essence, she's submitting to Christ himself because he's submitted to Christ. That's right. That's good. So the first tip is to put God first. And then the second tip follows that. Uh, You rewrite, follow biblical principles for marriage. Can you share with us some biblical principles that we need to be incorporating in our marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, this comes from uh, this idea that... um, there are certain principles in Scripture mm-hmm. that I think when those principles are followed, it brings such blessing yeah. into our lives. And when we don't follow them, 
it really does lend itself to chaos. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I mean, sure. it just, it, it shows you the wisdom, the understanding, the sovereignty of mm-hmm. God. And so there's so many biblical principles mm-hmm. in scripture, I think, that relate to marriage and family. Okay. And um, for example, if we go way back in the scripture to the mm-hmm. very first couple, Adam and Eve, and we look at the creation of the woman mm-hmm. where God created the woman. He took the rib out of Adam and created the woman, brought her to him. Mm-hmm. And then there's this interesting statement that's made and says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, mm. and the two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And that passage gets repeated by the writers of the New Testament. Okay. But it also gets repeated by Christ. Yeah. So I right. think it emphasizes how important that statement is. And there's so many beautiful truths that come out of that that become biblical principle. Okay. And one of them is this idea of leaving and cleaving. Okay. Where a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. Yeah. And the way the principle that I extract from that is that um so the most important relationship that we have growing up as children mm-hmm. is our relationship with our parents. Right. They they feed us, mm-hmm. they care for us, they clothe us, they right. they give us shelter, and that's the most important relationship as a child growing up. Sure. But then when we we meet that person that is becoming our spouse and we get married, this this passage says a man will leave that relationship so he's leaving this most important relationship in his life, mm. and now he's forming a new most important relationship wow. yeah. with his spouse. That's good. And so I think that the premise of that is so re- important right. because you know we all know that God should be our number one. Sure. I mean, we talked about that already, right, putting yeah. God first. But as far as human relationships... Our spouse should be our number one That's relationship. Good. Let's talk about that for a moment because we have, uh, and we're gonna we have a question later about adult kids and what that looks like in relationships. But I heard a pastor recently, and you can kind of share your perspective on this. That when an uh, your their adult your adult child gets married, they're not necessarily joining your family. They're creating a new family. Again, not to say that you're not getting involved or all those things, but sometimes it seems like parents are trying to hold their kids back still, like when they were young, but now. Leaving cleaving is not just that son or daughter leaving the family. It's also the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad, allowing them to leave and kind of create. So what would you say to those families that are experiencing maybe their son, daughter, you've, you've married two of yeah. your daughters away yeah. now. And so what does that look like, that dynamic with you and your wife now, as they have now their own families? Yeah. You know, it's very interesting because mm-hmm. I have gone through this yeah. fairly recently with yeah. both of my daughters now being married and after having the Lord reveal this passage to me and how important it is, I felt um, I felt it very important that I would release my daughters okay. uh, upon them being married. Yeah. Um, and so it it almost became to to mean so much to me that when they were. Uh, actually married in the ceremony, I usually, the father of the bride right. will, you know, the, the the minister will say, who gives this woman mm-hmm. to be married to this man? And the the father will say, her mother and I, and then mm-hmm. sit down. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt this so, ch- so challenged by this that I gave a little speech at that point. Wow. 
And it was really, for me, it was kind of a rite of passage. I was giving my daughter away. I was saying, this is no longer, you are, are, we are no longer your most important relationship. Your husband is. Of course, I spoke to the husbands as (laughs) well. I said, you know, we've cared for, you know, this daughter all these years and we've loved her and we provided for her. And now I'm releasing that responsibility to you as her husband. And uh, so I just kind of gave that little charge and that really came from... Uh, from that whole passage of, of um, you know, leaving and cleaving. Yeah. And I think it's important for parents to do that too, yeah, yeah. because it's as much a parental thing as it is yeah. for, for your sons and daughters. I already know that you're going to have to counsel me when my <laughs> daughters are, because you're talking about that. And I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time with that. I feel like when they say who you know who gives this woman away that I'm going to hold on to to my daughters yeah, and not let them yeah. go because I don't feel like any guy's going to be good enough for them. But I love that thought of that leaving cleaving is not just the the sons and the daughters, but it's also the parents. Uh, yeah. Is there another biblical principle you want to share with us? Yeah, um, another one is that marriage, the marriage relationship, is a covenant, not a contract. That's good. Yeah, and that's a biblical that's principle. So mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people today enter into what appears to be more of a contract. That's right. It's like if this works out, great. Yeah. If it doesn't, yeah. you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. And we hear this a lot yeah. uh, with couples that say things like, "I'm no longer happy." Wow. You know, yeah. and that really, that's kind of contract language. That's true. You know, as long you're as right. I'm happy, yeah. then we stay married. As long as you're making me happy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but covenant language is completely different. Yeah. Now, what's really interesting, we see covenant language in most marriage ceremonies today, mm-hmm. for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, right. in sickness and in health, mm-hmm. till death do us part. Yeah. That is covenant language. That's right. And uh, so even though we'll say those things mm. in the marriage ceremony, a lot of times we're really not living that out. We're living more contractually. Right. Yeah. But I think, too, that part of that is because we have been uh, exposed to that in our culture. Yeah. You know, there's so much divorce right. and there, there's so much... Um, uh, unhealthy relationship that's mm-hmm. happening all around us. And for many of us, myself included, that's what was modeled for yeah. us. And so this whole idea of covenant relationship versus contract, um, it's it's countercultural for sure. That's true. And it's not what we've had modeled for us. When you even think of language that's being used when couples do announce their divorce, that it was often they'll use irreconcilable differences. Yeah. That's contract language because they didn't, they didn't meet me what I needed from them and I, whatever, I, they yeah. didn't give me this or that. And it just seems as if, well, if you're saying there's irreconcilable differences, then you weren't covenanting with each other in the beginning. Yeah. Prenups are part of that contract sure. language, and and again, there might be some wisdom there in some particular situations. But at the same time, it does seem as if we are a handshake and an agreement of you do this, I'll do this, and then we will live happily for maybe several years, but yeah. certainly not decades. Right. If we're living through contract language, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Any other biblical principles you want to yeah, share? Yeah, there us? there is another one that uh, again the the scripture is full of biblical principle. But uh, I'm drawn to the one in Ephesians where Paul is addressing both husbands and wives. Okay. And in Ephesians 5, 
uh, verse 21, he starts out and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm. And then he goes on to specifically address wives, which he says, um, for wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Okay. And then for husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and mm. gave up his life for her. That's good. And so we have this uh, example in the scripture of what a properly functioning marriage relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. So a wife is respecting or honoring her husband, and we spoke about that mm -hmm. just a moment ago, right. kind of what that looks like, but the man loves his wife as Christ loves the mm -hmm. church. What I find interesting about this principle is both of these bring the Lord into it right. because he's saying um, to the wife, submit yourself as to your husband as you would submit yourself to mm -hmm. the Lord. Right. And then he says to the man, love your wife as Christ loved That's the church. Right, yeah. And so it br it brings this example of yeah. Christ into both of right. those and examples. And a high standard. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a very high standard yeah. for sure. Matter of fact, there was a point in my life where I'm reading this husband's love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I, I just told God, I can't do that. Wow. I'm not yeah. Christ. Sure. You know, right, uh, I'm, I'm Jim. And yeah. I, I, I felt like I, I can't reach that standard. And then I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, what I want you to do is allow me to love your wife through you. Hmm. And so, hmm. it, you know, God's love is a whole different level right. of love. Right. And so when the Lord spoke that to me, I said, you know what? I think I can do that. Wow. I think I can let God love my wife through me. Right. Yeah. And it kind of changed my perspective on that passage. But that's, again, that's a principle sure. that a lot of times if that gets out of alignment you know, there's all kinds of agitation right. in the relationship, yeah. right. and uh, but when it's right, yeah. uh, it it brings a lot of unity and right. harmony in our marriage relationship. I love that. I love that. I, in fact, I love your next tip. Um, we've put God first. We are following some biblical principles for marriage, but then this is just a super practical one that I want to focus on for a moment, and that's just to be intentional. Life is busy. Schedules are crowded. Yeah. Kids are going off here and there and everywhere. We have, we're we're busier than ever, yeah. and so that intentionality is so important. So, can you give us some steps of how we can become more intentional in our marriage? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we um, if if we just leave things to be, uh -huh. we we will not necessarily be drawn closer together okay. in marriage because life, as you mentioned, gets yeah. busy yeah. and we're distracted and we're, you know, we've got jobs. And so it's easy for us to experience what I call emotional drift, okay. where, where we just kind of drift apart. Okay. And I, I find it interesting that we never drift closer together. Mm. We always drift Away. apart. Yeah. But if we want to be close together, we have to be intentional mm. about it. We have mm -hmm. to do things that allow us to get closer together. That's good. I think uh, a big one is, you know, just spending time together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about date nights mm -hmm. in our ministry. And one of the reasons for that is for intentionality, yeah. that we yeah. are actually um, putting aside time 
to be together mm. in the midst of busy schedules. Right. So that's a part of it. But a lot of times it doesn't even have to be date nights. Mm-hmm. It's just it's doing things together, enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Also creating a safe space where we can have difficult conversations in a healthy way. Okay. And so you've you've got to be intentional about yeah, that. Yeah. You you can't, it, it's not going to just happen. Right. And I do, you know, I've I've had couples that we've counseled with that are well into their marriage. Uh-huh. And you know, for a while I became curious about that. How is it that you can be married for let's say 21 years right. and now you're sitting in a counseling appointment with a pastor mm-hmm. talking through marital mm-hmm. issues? It's like after 21 years, you would think, yeah. you know, we'd have it figured you, out. Yeah. But, you know, we go through seasons of life okay. and, and things change. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes we've got to adjust our relationship to That's those good. changes. Yeah. That's good. And um, interestingly enough, um, as I was praying and contemplating this issue and this situation, mm-hmm. the Lord directed me to a unique passage Mm -hmm. in regards to not allowing emotional drift in relationship. It's in the book of Revelation. Okay. You know, you don't think of the book of Revelation very often. We stay away from that book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Um, You know, you don't think about it for marriage advice. Right, right. But in this- Well, maybe the, you know, the apocalypse and all those (laughs) things we think about. Like, Lord, come quickly. I'm done with this. The end of the world. Yeah. Even so (laughs) come Lord, get me out of this. (laughs) Exactly. But um, I was reading in the second chapter of Revelation where the, the Lord was addressing these uh, churches of Asia Minor. Mm, yeah. And essentially what he was doing is he would, he would give them a compliment, right. and then he would tell them where they're kind of missing the mark. Right. And so the very first church that he did that with um, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, he says, he gives them their compliment. Okay. And then he says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Mm, yeah. You've left your first love. That's emotional drift. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's that's like you, you've drifted apart. That's true. You know, like almost like the cares of life yeah. and the busyness of your schedule and yeah. raising kids yeah. and keeping up a household. Right. All these things have caused you to leave your yeah. first love, to, to experience this emotional drift. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't leave them hanging. He comes right back mm-hmm. with a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's in verse five. He says, repent mm-hmm. and do the works you did at mm-hmm. first. And so I thought about that in the context of marriage. And so repentance, the, the word repents means to, to have a change, to turn. Right. And so what he's telling us is he's telling us, you've got to change some things. Mm-hmm. If you've experienced emotional drift in your relationship, it means you've got to change some things. Yeah. That's the repentance part. Yeah. But then he says, go back and do the things you once did. Yeah. And what that made me think of is courtship. Yeah. You know, what what did you do to mm-hmm. win the affection of your spouse when yeah. you were courting? Right. You've stopped doing those right. things. Right. And so what he's saying is go back and do those things that you once did. Yeah. So... Um, if you you know if you fell in love with this person because they were attentive to right. you or you know she fixed your favorite meal right. or he opened the door for yeah. you or yeah. you know you spent hours on the phone mm-hmm. t- just talking 
well, go back and do those things, you know, that you once did. I think one of the worst things about divorce is that you condition yourselves or are conditioned by the situation to think the worst in that person, in your ex-husband, ex-wife, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, courtship is the exact opposite where you only think the best about them. So you start with thinking the best, divorce ends with starting thinking of the worst. So somewhere along the line, like you said, you can become emotionally drifting away to where if you're, you know, you gave them uh, the benefit of the doubt early on in your marriage mm-hmm. and now you're not. Uh, and I think that it that's in, that intentionality of saying, no, I'm going to trust or I'm going to have to have those conversations, like you said, in safe yeah. spaces. And so I love that because it is kind of going back to, and you, you were in love once, you know, or if they say they're not in love or whatever, and you, you are drawn to them, their personality, whatever. And so there is something there, just have to go back to that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, it is. I, I think it is important that you, that you're able to uh, court each other throughout your marriage yeah. Yeah. because you will experience um, moments of drifting. Yeah. And so to be able to court one another, to be able to um, just do the things that you once did yeah, to show good. your love and affection towards that person. Matter that's of fact, good. we do... With new uh, newlyweds mm-hmm. um, that are uh, going to get married, our pre-marriage counseling includes taking an inventory. Right. And one of the the uh, the things that the inventory will do mm-hmm. is it will point out if someone is being is answering the questions in like an overly positive way. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, unrealistic. Right. Sure. You know, because sometimes we do, we go into marriage with unrealistic expectations and, you know, we, we say, you know, rose colored glasses and, but this inventory actually will pick up on that. And so it, you know, it, it is important that we look at things realistically. Obviously we need to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. We're going to marry this person, you know, we, we, we love them. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's easy to be unrealistic right. when you're when you're in that courtship phase, because yeah. they don't do um, anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it becomes real <laughs> so when you're when you're quick. married. Yeah, yeah. but uh, again, but that's believing the best in right. in the in your spouse yeah. or your spouse to be. We had a I had a counselor years ago, um, just working through some things. I was a single dad. And he had mentioned that just uh, kind of your intentionality, this might be a little extreme, but I've just held on to it that the Bible talks about, you know, you don't go to bed angry. You're not letting the sun go down your wrath. But he encouraged me. He's like, Jeremy, if you ever get married again, make sure that you even you and your wife are going to bed at the same time. Cause sometimes you can mm-hmm. have different bedtimes and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about work schedules and all those things, sure, but sure. you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the wife might go to bed earlier. The husband stays up later, but even that intentionality of like, we're going to like, we're going to go to bed together and, you know, we're going to be on the same schedule because often we, we don't sync up, you know, and the husband's up in his, you know, room and then the wife's over here. And Mm -hmm. of course we're gonna have emotional drift because we're not even in the same room. Right. And so I love that intentionality you're talking about. Uh, Let's, let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about parenting now. And again, uh, marriage weaves in a lot with parenting. Uh, I know we have a lot of single parents as well. So I know this will speak to them. But uh, you mentioned as far as tips regarding family of to build and maintain good relationships with your children. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I think that when, if we're going to have positive impact on our children or we get 
to seasons where we, we're, we're challenged mm-hmm. with, uh, with our, our children, nothing will go further than being able to work through those issues and those situations than having a good relationship with yeah, our children. that's good. And I think um, to start with spending time yeah. with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, going back to the fact that we live busy lives. Right. We, you know, we've all got a lot of stuff going. There's a lot of demands. And uh, I like to look at it this way, um, that sometimes we're, we're preoccupied with making sure that we're providing things for our children yeah. and giving them things and making sure they have the things that they need. Sometimes we're not as focused on how important the relationship yeah. with our children is. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we can feel like, well, we're providing them everything they right. need, right. and uh, you know we're here, you know, if they get in trouble. But mm-hmm. just having the opportunity to really build relationship with our kids yeah. takes time. That's good. And spending time with them, yeah. You know, I, in in my life personally, um, looking back, I had opportunity to build relationship with my daughters that wasn't necessarily intentional mm. on my part. It it was just the way life was mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Um, so I went back to school uh, to earn my master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at that point, my wife went back to work. And so she was working during the daytime. Okay. And I was going to school in the afternoon, mm-hmm. evening. And so what happened was I became the primary caregiver for Mm. my girls during the daytime. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we were just doing that to make things work. But looking back on it, being the primary caregiver Mm -hmm. for that period of time, Mm -hmm. I think helped to forge a deeper relationship with my girls. And I know you experienced that. And it wasn't something that you would have wished upon yourself or it isn't something necessary that you plan for. Circumstances Mm kind of dictated that. But like, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say I sat down with them and we had little tea parties and, you know, we, you know, we did those kinds of things and I, I sat on the floor and played with them. And I think I still know all the Disney princess songs by heart. Yeah. So, yeah, my and my. Uh, it, it's you mentioned that I heard growing up rules without relationship breed rebellion, and so they are important to have rules, but you have to have some relationship yeah. to back that with our kids. And you 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 have two daughters just like I do, and so it's amazing the seasons. You know, it's tea parties, and then it's princesses. Now it's uh, skincare, hair care, and so that my daughters are trying to tell me about this product and that product. And, yeah. you know, I haven't let them paint my nails. And yeah, so yeah. I try to draw the no, line somewhere, yeah, we, but yeah, there is a line, yeah. but I've learned a lot about hair care and skincare, but I want a relationship with them and that's yeah. what they're interested in. Yeah. And I want to be able to be engaged with yeah. that. So I love what you're talking yeah. about. That. I remember uh, one time of rolling down the windows in our car. This is when they were mm, probably um, late, maybe, Elementary school okay. age, right? So I remember the popular mm-hmm. kids song, you know, at that time. <laughs> we rolled down the window okay. and we're going down the road singing to the top of our lungs, this, <laughs> yeah. whatever this yeah. popular sure. te- you yeah. know, teen song right, was. Right. 
and we did, you know, we just had a blast. I love that. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I think just building that relationship, yeah. we did a lot of stuff together yeah. as a family. It, it wasn't like, you know, we all just went different directions. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of stuff together. One, one interesting thing I can remember that we would do is on Saturday, because, you know, we're working all week, right. going to school all week, but on Saturday was our, like, clean day, and mm-hmm. everybody had their different jobs, and, you know, so we're spread out throughout the house. But whoever was closest to the laundry room when the dryer went off okay. uh, yelled out, folding party. <laughs> okay. And so we would grab the clothes out of the dryer, okay. throw them on the bed in the master bedroom, uh-huh. and we would all gather around, all four of us, and okay. we'd just start folding clothes wow. and hanging them up. And, you know, and looking back on that, it was it was some great conversations yeah, that yeah. took place around the bed folding clothes. Yeah. I thought the clothes stay in the basket and you just get your clothes from that as you need them. I love you, Jim, you talk about being intentional in, in, in marriage, but I think when you're trying to, as you talk about building and maintaining, maintaining good relationships, that it does take that intentionality. And I think it also just takes time. Like you have to invest time in your marriage for sure, but also in your kids. Yeah. And so I think that's really the the central part of this. And I, I, that leads us to our, our last tip. And then we have a bonus one that you have as well, but it's to lead by example. And so yeah. you're spending some time, you're developing relationships. Uh, if you're married, you are loving your spouse well. So what are some other practical ways that we can lead by example with our kids? Yeah, you know, it goes back to, to that statement of, of Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. Right, and so um, you know, if your children are 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 seeing your example, and they're going to, you know, they're going to follow in those footsteps. Yeah. They're going to take that lead that you're yeah. providing them. But I think here here's a a really good example for me. Okay. So, um, so there was a period of time where I was exposed to the uh, method of journaling. Okay. Um, that we're we're involved mm-hmm. with here at the Highlands, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know it's called SOAP, yeah, uh, Scripture Observation right. Application Prayer, mm-hmm. and so I w- that I learned about that here at the Highlands, and so I started doing that in mm-hmm. my devotional time. Mm-hmm. I would just get up really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I would have some devotional time. I would write in my journal, and um, next thing I know. Um, didn't say anything to my daughters about what I was doing. Just I just just did it. Next thing I know, I'm seeing these journals around mm-hmm. the house. And so one day I picked one up, and it was one of the girls, mm-hmm. and they they were doing their soap method wow. journaling. That's awesome. And it was it was so powerful to me that I had not said anything to them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were learning it at church, but mm-hmm. I think by me setting the example. Yeah that they jumped right into it. Yeah. And uh, what I found really interesting about that, I would, you know, from then on, I would sneak and I would look in their journal <laughs> and see what they're writing. Sure. And, I, and, and the, the spiritual content yeah. of what they were writing, yeah. I was just blown away by. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know you've experienced mm-hmm. that similar thing with your daughters. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like to see God speaking to working them, in them working in yeah. them, and you know, and so it it was example. Yeah, I, I didn't say, that. "Hey, you guys need right. to be 
uh, journaling, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be really good yeah. for you. But they saw me doing it and then they started I doing it parents themselves. parents do underestimate how powerful their example is. I remember still my dad pulling out his checkbook when we had those and writing a check for a tithe check and putting, watching him put in the offering plate, watching yeah. my parents serve mm-hmm. uh, at church and whether it was teaching a class or working in baptisms or wherever. I think that's been so powerful. I love your bonus tip. Um, it's been something that I've been thinking of and and dealing with in some ways recently. But your bonus tip is regard parenting is to enjoy every season of your kids' lives. Yeah. Now, some seasons probably are a little bit harder to enjoy, sure, maybe sure. some younger ones or maybe some older older seasons. But what what do you mean and how can you encourage parents just to enjoy? Yeah, you know, it's when, when a couple is expecting a child and um, I'm, I'm speaking with them, a lot of times I will share with them this principle mm-hmm. of enjoy every season because, you know, just take new birth, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring this child home and your whole world is, you know, yeah. wrapped up in caring for this child right. and they're hungry at all mm-hmm. hours of the night and they need to be changed. And they're so dependent mm-hmm. on, you know, the parents at, in that season. Right. Um, and it can be exhausting, yeah. you know, being a, a new parent like that. But that season is going to go by. Yeah. And then as that, when that season is finished, you'll never have that season That's again right. where that child is so dependent yeah. on you as a parent. Yeah. And there's something special about that. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's appreciated more looking back on it <laughs> sure. than it is while you're in yeah. it. But every season, you know, I enjoyed like teaching my girls how to ride a bicycle, yeah. you know, or... Um, you know, even teaching them how to drive, you know, I was the one <laughs> mm-hmm. in our family. Yeah. I, I, I think I seem to have more patience in that regard. Okay. And so I was the one that was teaching them how to drive. But, you know, those are those are special moments. They you know? are. And even some of the struggles, you know, you look back on and um, there's a certain amount of fondness and just remembering the challenges that they yeah. they had in those seasons, yeah. and and right now one of the things I am getting a kick out of mm-hmm. is watching my daughter parent. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's just the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, watching her and her husband navigate yeah. early parenthood and yeah. things like that. It's it's. It's it's a thrill, you know. Yeah. But you know, so seasons change, but every one of them has some special elements yeah. to it. That once that. they're gone, you you, I know, you, know, yeah. you you won't get them back. The Lord's been working on my, on me because I was that guy. I was like, I don't want them to move into the next season. I want them in this season. I love yeah. them in this season. And so it's my oldest this month. She'll turn sixteen, uh, and now she has her permit. Driving my oldest is in uh, her last year of middle school, and so I feel. Uh, like time slipping away. Like with, yeah. I only have, I, my oldest gets annoyed, my youngest too, because I remind them, I only have less than two years with you. I only have less than five years with you yeah. before you guys are graduated. But it is that moment where you, I, I felt like, man, I'm going to lose it, uh, them. But now the Lord's more than that, no, enjoy it right now. Yeah. Um, because those conversations, as you take them to volleyball or gymnastics, wherever, aren't going to be here forever or yeah. those seasons of school projects and different mm-hmm. things aren't, aren't going to be here. And so I'd love this thought because sometimes we can get so overwhelmed in the particular season we're in. And, and again, maybe there's young kids, there's a lot going on, 
but still to enjoy it because it does move fast. Yeah, Jim, yeah. I've appreciated these tips so much and I know that our, our viewers have as well. I have two quick questions I want to wrap up our time with. Okay. Um, and the, the first one is how do we, a little bit of what we talked about, but just maybe in one specific scenario, how do we create time for each other? This is a husband and a wife when we're raising young kids. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that dynamic work? Yeah, it's a great question because again, that season of life with young kids can uh-huh. be so busy. And I think you have to look for the little moments. Okay. You know, whereas, you, and you'll get through that season yeah. where, you know, you can do the dates and you can mm-hmm. do the trips together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things like that. But sometimes in the thick of it, you just have to look for the little opportunities yeah. um, and, and take advantage of them. That's good. Uh, and also, uh, for us, a lot of it ended up being that we did things as a family. Okay. But you're still there with your spouse. That's right. And so you're, you know, you're enjoying each other's uh, company, even in the midst of yeah. of uh, being all together as a family. Yeah, that's true. That's and good. You, yeah, you just just make the most of those moments. Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit because the second question uh, is on the opposite end of the spectrum. What should I? What should my relationship look like with my adult kids now? They graduated. Yeah. They're adults. Like, what does that look like? I mean, they're dating, and again, this this is the season that you've been in. Uh, as your your daughters have are now married, and children is, is in the picture. All those things. So, what? How does how did that transition look like for you? Yeah. Well, and that's a great question because, and I'm uh, I've been going through yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, I think that um, you because you've worked to establish relationship moving forward in those seasons, mm-hmm. you know, where, where now they're becoming older mm-hmm. and more independent and even, you know, married and mm-hmm. on their own now is because you've established relationship and because you followed biblical principle of letting them leave, right. you know, releasing them, um, it, I think it engenders a relationship that looks different, okay. you know, and, um, what's happened for us is uh, my wife and I, we try to be available to our daughters and our sons-in-law um, for advice okay. or, you know, seeking, but we don't, we don't push our opinions off okay. on them Okay. because the reality of it is they're probably going to make some mistakes. Okay. You yeah. know, I mean, we all do, but sure. we learn from them. Yeah. So we try not to overparent okay. by saying, "Hey, you should do this," or you know, "What were you thinking here?" Or mm-hmm. you know, we we let them come to us to seek counsel because the Bible yeah. says in the multitude of counsel their safety. Right. And I think if we built the right relationship, our kids are going to come to sure. us. And and but we don't force our opinions on them. A, a great example of this is when they were at the point where they're ready to to buy a house. Okay. Um, you know, we've bought and sold houses mm-hmm. through the course of our lives and right. we probably have some, you know, hopefully some good advice for sure. them. But at the same time, we we weren't going to say, hey, you should do this or you should do, right. no, that's not a good purchase or whatever. Right. But in both cases with both of our daughters and their husbands, they came to us okay. seeking advice and, hey, what do you guys think about this? Oh, they even had us go, you know, house hunting with them. Okay. And again, it wasn't something that we initiated. Uh It was something that they said, hey, we could use your, 
you know, your wisdom on this. Yeah, and but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the decision was theirs. Wow. You know, they have to make that decision, the two of them. Right. And so, you know, but we're there to to give advice. And What about when your ad- adult kids start dating? How involved or not should you be in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, again, that can be, that can be um, difficult sometimes to navigate that because okay. I know for me sometimes they would have relationships both like dating relationships, uh-huh. but also friendships okay. that I wasn't necessarily approving of. Okay. And not from a standpoint of this is a bad person yeah. or, you know, sure. anything like that, yeah. but more, uh, uh, you know, cautious. Okay. That is this person going to be a a good influence on, on my daughters? And so, you know, you have these red flags and mm-hmm. different things like that. So I tried to... Uh, I, I don't know if I did this well, but I tried to navigate that carefully. Okay. Because I think sometimes if you, you know, if you put your foot down, mm. you know, this is not the right person right. for you, then it, sometimes it causes a person to go in completely the sure. opposite direction. Okay. You know, so I also, there there is an element of faith that comes yeah, in where you say, right. you know what? I'm, I'm believing that we did the best we could raising them. Yeah. And that if we let the Holy Spirit work That's in good. their lives, that God is going to speak to them mm-hmm. and direct them in the right way. And That's we good. saw that happen. Yeah, We definitely saw that happen because there were some relationships that both of them at, at one time or another uh, had uh-huh. uh, dating relationships okay. that we didn't feel real good about, okay. but we kind of gave the, the Lord room to work and That's speak good. to them. Yeah. Because we had to believe that we had prepared them for that those moments, right. and they would make the right decisions. Um, and of course, we you know we would speak into it mm-hmm. um, uh, if asked, and when opportunity presented itself. It, and it is faith. It's the verse in Proverbs: "Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it." And it is trusting in the Lord that yeah. you're going to take care. Yeah. Well, Jim, this has been amazing. Thank yeah, you so much yeah, for being a I've part. I've enjoyed it. And yeah, I just have you. loved having you. Uh, thank you for joining us on uh, this episode of the Highlands Podcast. And uh, we are so uh, encouraged by you. Thank you for being a part. We're praying for your marriage, for your parenting, for your kids, for generations. And we are going to be next episode. We have a special guest. We'll be talking about finances, biblical stewardship. I can't wait for you to hear that episode. So stick around for us next time. Thanks again for watching. And again, thank you for being part of the Highlands Podcast. We'll see you next time. 